Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Colossal Supremo. Go! Your destination for soccer talk with Emmy Award winning play by play man Dan Dilley Squirt. and international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. Well, uh, nothing really to talk about on this uh, episode of Golasso Supremo unless you happen to be doing the podcast with a Tottenham Hotspur fan, which I am. So without any further ado, go. <laughs> Going, going, gone. Mauricio Pochettino. How do I love you if you won't go away? Well, now he's gone, Rick. What the heck do we make of the doings, the goings-on at Tottenham Hotspur? Pochettino out. The chosen one in. It's funny. Yes, it's a long time since he said, I am the special one. You know, they tried to uh, hire him back in in 04. But before we get into that, I want to just throw it out to a fan out there. If you want to write a song for our open, we'll, we'll listen. Remember you had, uh, didn't you, don't you have, don't you have a Joe Lowe and Dibs song? Yeah. Pump yeah. up the volume. Yeah. It's Joe Lowe and Dibs. Yeah. So That's if, uh, the great Naki the Beatmaker who wrote that. Is that right? Yeah. So I could maybe put uh, my good friend Naki on that. Good. Yakita Khrushchev, whoever, you know. Yeah, Naki more. Sure. Uh, so yes, it was. Darling biz- Naki. <laughs> it's been a uh, bizarre uh, 48 hours to say the least. Um, but I'll just say on a personal level, this one hurt more than any other firing in my life. Sacking, as we like to say. Yeah. Let's say, uh, William Wallace has sacked York. Well, they've, <laughs> nice. they've given him the sack, uh, Mauricio Pochettino, because this, this felt like a betrayal. It felt like a backstabbing. Um, when you think about the French terms like joie de vivre and esprit de corps that he had with this team and taking this team to heights that we've never been to before and four straight uh, Premier League final finishes in the top four, a Champions League final, won more games in the post-war era than any other manager, changed the culture, got a stadium built. The, the stadium's been in the plans forever. That definitely contributed to it. And then uh, off to a bad start, and you're gone. It just, it really hurt because the love. And then I thought, well, Kane's going to leave, Delhi's going to leave, Sonny's going to, everybody's going to leave because this was the reason that guys like Kane and Lloris were signing extensions and not going to Real Madrid and Juventus, whatever, Bayern Munich, because they knew they had something strong going on here. Now, if they had appointed Eddie Howe or Brendan Rodgers, that wouldn't have been enough. They had to make a big splash, they got the special one. Um, and look, there's no denying that he's one of, he's probably the most accomplished coach in the history of soccer, 25 trophies, multiple champions league championships, uh, won a title in Italy and Spain and England and Portugal, wherever he's gone. He has a high burnout factor though. I mean, he is, uh, he's an, he's an egomaniac. We know that, but, um, 
it's 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 crazy times because I I was a backstabbing. I was hurt for an entire day. The Mourinho thing like seemed like such a mercenary move. But I just want, and I'm glad that he spent his first question answering at the press conference. Like this is this is Mauricio's home. It's his place and. But it's a it's it's a bizarre time. It's my team's the number one story in world sports right now because of this, and it's really a timing issue predicated by where they are in the table, fourteenth, closer to relegation than they are to the Champions League, and that's it's a situation that's untenable with a team opening up a new stadium, and unlike the Golden State Warriors, also a team opening up a brand new palatial environment, they have injuries and they are beset by a number of losses. At Tottenham, you don't have those issues. You still have your your center back pairing. You have Christian Eriksen languishing on the bench. You've got Sonny Boy, as you like to call him, Yunmin Son, who's been solid, and Harry Kane still a talisman. So, where does this fall? Does it really fall at the feet of Pochettino? Does it fall at the feet of the players? Is it upper management? Where should the the responsibility lie for this? It lies one hundred percent on the players. They let him down, and it's a natural thing. We've seen it in sports. You can't keep up. You know, we and the Warriors have had some injuries. The, I mean, Tottenham lost their their captain and their goalkeeper. I was at the game in in uh, Brighton when it happened, but still, they. Uh, you know, it's 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 just it's long seasons with these internationals, and they play uh, nonstop. They never get any time off. It's not an excuse, but the players let him down. You know, these, as you just said, these are almost all the same players. They added, this is a guy that went to the Champions League final with no additions for more than an entire calendar year in the transfer budget because they're trying to save money on the stadium, which is dumb. Um, The players let him down. I don't think it's a tactical thing. He's not changing anything different. But the thing is, everyone knows in soccer that nothing counts until Christmas. I don't care if you're 20th. Nothing counts until Christmas. And to fire the guy in the middle of November is unheard of right now. So uh, you mentioned Christian Eriksen. One of the things that said my have scuppered uh, the esprit de corps is the fact that there was rumors that Jan Vertonghen and Christian Eriksen's wife were going at it. Well, Denmark, once again, knocking Ireland out of a major tournament. They knocked him out of the playoffs for the World Cup in Russia, and now they've just knocked him out. Um, at least Denmark has uh, qualified. They don't have to go to the playoffs, but they were at... I want to call it Lansdowne Road, wherever Ireland plays now. And every time Christian Eriksen took a corner from Denmark, the entire stadium chanted, Jan Vertonghen shagged your wife. He shagged your wife. Wow. So Catchy. (laughs) Hard not to jump in on that, quite frankly. (laughs) I know. Brendan has a mangina. (laughs) (laughs) Even Christian Eriksen was tapping his foot to the beat, quite frankly. Yeah, so like I said, there's been problems. But you you don't fire a guy... Um, that quickly. It's not a, not when you were in the Champions League still and it looks like you're going to get through and you're still in the FA Cup and there have been some bad results. And if this was, you know, Chudzinski or Wilkes or somebody in his first year, Rob like, Chudzinski, ah, yeah, wow. it's, it's not working out. This guy has proven what he can do. He, they just, it, it, it seemed too quick and it seemed like such a backstabbing after what he's, he's transcended the entire, I hate using the word culture, like hunting and gathering, but the culture of this team and I just thought it was too quick. It's one of those things where they're clearly listing right now. The culture is not what it was even six months ago when they contested that Champions League final. Four months ago. Four months ago. Can you ago. believe he's been fired four months after that? I can, based on the results they've put out mm. on paper and on the field here, 12 matches into a 38-match season. They have been not quite pathetic, but they've been uninspiring. 
They've been listless, in my opinion. He hasn't found the right mix of Lucas Mora, Dali Ali, all these fringe pieces. Sissoko has come in and he popped early, same as Undamale. Ndebele. Ndebele. In, 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 tangy. Yes, thank you. We'll call him Tangy. <laughs> Shout out Tang in the 1970s. Oh, yeah, astronauts. Uh, great astronautic beverage, but mm-hmm. neither of those players has consistently produced results. So from a chairman standpoint, you can see where they would need some sort of a boost, and the boost wasn't coming on the pitch. Well, I, I can see that for, I mean, you're a Chelsea fan, and I can see that it makes total sense to you, and, and maybe it does. But when you've been through the ringer with this team for decades and you know what this guy's meant and you know what he has accomplished and he's proven it time and time and time again, I thought he'd get a little bit of a longer leash. But it's sports. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, and when you sit 14th, it's not like they're 6th or 7th. Mm, but they're you know, all separated by five or six points. It's not like, I mean, yeah, they're not going to win the league. Okay, we knew that. Everybody knows that Liverpool right, are going to win right. the league. But, but now but, it, um, it doesn't even appear that they're threatening in the Champions League on their current form with just three wins in 12 appearances. Well, they're going to get through. That's all I need to do, knock on wood. But to me, it's more detrimental to... Uh, it's, a, it's a gamble when you are going to throw away five and a half years of, of winning culture because you're having a bad two months, which is what they're having. They're having a bad two months. If you want to throw that all away and bring in this mercenary hitman, you're really rolling the dice. I wouldn't have done it. Uh, I would have waited to see if they if they had finished mid table, then I'd say maybe the message is lost. But that's me. I'm not in charge. Um, if I was, I wouldn't have done it. Tottenham at Wolves in uh, this weekend. West Ham, isn't it? Is it? It is the Hammers. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought mm-hmm. they had the Wolves, but uh, and the Hammers right now sitting. Just a couple spots behind him, so a relegation battle for Tottenham. <laughs> There's no relegation battles until the new year. You got to keep it real. It's a relegation war <laughs> right now for Tottenham. It's a six point swing <laughs> against West Ham. I, I do want to get your thoughts on Mourinho before we pivot mm-hmm. and talk about the Premier League in general and also the Euro 2020 qualifying, yeah. which took a step forward. How do you think Mourinho comes in and makes changes? What changes does he make? Can he find a way to get Christian Eriksen back in the side, which I think is critical to their overall success. Erickson has basically said he's out in January now because of this. So we'll we'll see what happens. But it's just a honeymoon period. It's a fresh start. And look, this guy, Mourinho, I remember he was Bobby Robson's translator. He was there in, in, uh, in Portugal, um, in Eindhoven, and then Barcelona. He was the translator. And then he was taking some coaching classes from Andy Roxborough, who you might remember who was the Scotland manager, and, and he said, this guy really is detail-oriented. And then when Robson retired, only to resurface in Newcastle some years later, but when he retired, they decided to let Mourinho have a go in Porto, and what does he do? He wins the Champions League, and then it's off and running, and we can talk about Real Madrid and Inter Milan and Barca and, and all the things at Chelsea that, that he accomplished. There's no doubt that the special one, as I said, 25 trophies, you are getting arguably the best manager in the history or the least the most accomplished manager in the history of soccer. So um, that is the that is the one thing. Well, I don't know how it's going to work outside of this new spirit, because I don't think he's going to do anything completely tactically different. He has been known of playing attractive soccer, which is what Tottenham has always tried to do. Um but uh, I just think this is a boost. And here's the thing. If it's Brendan Rodgers or Eddie Howe, some of these other guys who are interested, you go to the practice pitch today and the guy's like, okay, everybody, here we go. 
Well, in comes this legend. He comes over and he gives you a big hug. That gives me some hope that maybe that this has a chance to work. Because as I said, we're not getting some scrub. Right. But this is a guy, as I said, he's kind of Harbaugh-esque if Harbaugh was a champion. Come in, change everything, get everybody fired up, and then become a pain in the ass and light it all on I fire. I was thinking Larry Brown, actually, as a, uh, <laughs> as a comp. Because Larry Brown had so many different stops yeah. where he would go to a place, mm-hmm. resurrect, to your point, make a run for College a and pro, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Either way, and he was sort of that... Uh, coach for higher figure mm. as well. Let me ask you this. As a Chelsea fan, what do you think of Mourinho? I think he's been great, but to your point, he is a kind of a boost him up and burn him down kind of guy where you get the initial boost, and we saw it at Manchester United where when he joined Man U, they had that certain lift, but then over time, Lukaku felt alienated. Pogba went back into his usual Pogbaian shell of <laughs> I play when I want, what? It's, it's the French way. Quoi, and so, quoi. Yes, pourquoi? For who? For what? And that's, I think, ultimately what Mourinho is about. Now, can you go to Tottenham and really kind of you know strip the thing down to the roots and build them back up? Does he have the patience? Does the club have the patience to go through that process? Because to your point, Harry Kane, does he want to play for Mourinho you know, Minsan, does he have a long-term future there? We know that Christian Eriksen's likely to be gone. You mentioned Vertonghen and Alderweireld. They're getting to be fairly long in the tooth as well. So what pieces do you build around, and is he the guy you want to build around? The, just Yeah, one more thing about Mourinho. It, it, to me, one of the crimes has been that Pochettino was never given any cash. A little bit this offseason to get into ballet and Lacelso to all of a sudden open up the vault for another guy seems lame. And Mourinho is known as a guy that doesn't like to build, you know, he doesn't, Don Nelson hates rookies. He's the, <laughs> nice. he's the only, now he's been with a lot of big clubs. He's the only manager in the history of the world to have spent more than a billion dollars on players. And he's bought a lot of old busted ass players in some of the places he's been. So this will be interesting. How much money will they give him? How much will they, he embrace the youth? Because Tottenham has a pretty good youth setup. While we're in this space and it is Golasso Supremo, Rick Tittle and Dan Dibley, I was at Chief Sullivan's earlier today, a mm. Liverpool bar here yes. in North Beach. Grabbed him a little bit of a late lunch or a prolonged lunch, some mm-hmm. would say. But it made me think about this week in the Prem. And the Spurs are the first ones out of the shoot. We mentioned they're playing at West Ham. But a pretty interesting mix of matches. Arsenal is hosting Southampton. Leicester, a surprise team, playing at Brighton. Palace hosting Liverpool, the aforementioned Liverpool bar, of course. Mm-hmm. Chief Sullivan's... Uh, on Green Street, stay for the the soccer, but uh, and then go to Beach Blanket if you need to. If you need to, <laughs> oh wait, that's shutting down. Liverpool too, at yeah. Crystal Palace is this a spot where maybe there could be a hiccup on this Liverpool dream start? Well, the great thing about the Premier League is that's always an option. You know, with the old any given Sunday, but it's really more true in the Prem than any, any given Saturday, if you like. Um, Going down to Selhurst Park is not going to be anything they're going to be scared of. I, I don't think they'll take their eyes off the prize. It, they're the type of team where it could be 1-1 in the 79th minute, and they look at each other like, what are we doing? And then they win 3-1. So I wouldn't worry about it if you're a Reds fan. Everton is hosting Norwich, Watford in a relegation battle, much like Tottenham's in. <laughs> uh, hosting Burnley, Man City, and Chelsea, perhaps the marquee attraction of the weekend, that's Saturday. Let me ask Saturday you one favor. Can, we, can we at least wait till they're in the bottom three where we call Tottenham a relegation battle? No, I think that when you're in the bottom <laughs> ten, especially when it's The lower close, half is the relegation well, battle. Well, especially when you mentioned how close it yeah. is. It's not unlike the uh, AFC wildcard race 
in football. Nice. If you look right now at the table, Sheffield United is fifth on 17 points. And then you go 17, 16, 16, 16, 15, 15, 15, 15, 14, 14, 13. The Hammers in 16th place are four points out of fifth position. So it's just that close. That's why you win two games and now all of a sudden you're sixth. You know, and I think that they're probably a little afraid. Daniel Levy, they had made the decision. They had talked to Mourinho. What if they go to Stretford tomorrow or Sunday? They they beat West Ham. Well, now we can't fire them. You know, it's just I think it was just a move that they've been planning for a long time. And it felt like to me from the outside looking in that uh, Pochettino was a marked man from the start of the season, not based on the Champions League run, which was great, but just the fragility, the fragile nature of the club in general. So it's a relegation battle for the Spurs right out of the chute. I said it. I meant it. Uh, Sheffield United, Battle of Uniteds, Sheffield against Man U. I should probably say right now, remind folks that I was one who thought Sheffield United would be relegated and they sit in the uh, Europa spot right now. So egg on my face, Rick. Well, we've got couple a couple of sunny side up. We got a long way to go. Yeah, we do. We do. And we, we mentioned how close it is. And Aston Villa and Newcastle will wrap the week on Monday. Let's talk a little bit of Euro yeah. qualifying, if we can. It's almost all but wrapped up. Anything that stands out uh, as uh, remarkable to one, you? One thing that stood out to me, I was eating lunch on um, last uh, Friday, I guess it was. On Friday. And they had the. Spain Malta game on, and these two countries, you know, <laughs> they just don't like each other. You can throw the records out when Spain plays Malta. Malta is a place I've always wanted to go. It's a fascinating mix of uh, Africa and the Arabic world and the Christian world and the Muslim. I mean, it's just a, it's an amazing place. But it's all part time players. But at halftime, and Spain's playing their kids, right? So at halftime, it's one to nothing Spain. And I'm thinking Malta, hey, maybe we can get a result here. Uh, they end up losing, what was it, seven to one. But the last goal was kicked over the goalie's head, which I haven't seen. I remember watching a, the USA women play a team and the goalie was 5-2 and they just kept kicking it over their head. But after the game, the Spain coach goes over to the Malta coach He's sitting down. He's an old fat guy. He's got his hands in his hands. He's crying his eyes out. The Malta coach. Malta coach. And the Spain coach comes over and he's like, no, 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 you did well. You Don't worry about it. And in a way, I kind of liked it because we all knew that Spain would thrash them, but it just showed how much this guy cared. He was humiliated to lose 7-1 to one in Spain and in a way, I felt bad for him because, you know, you think, well, who cares? This guy cared. That's all. I just, that was my little note from some of these last games. No, there. it's good. Malta finishing uh, in fifth in Group F, uh, tied on points with the Faroe Islands. Yeah, but... I think they each beat each other, which was yes. nice because they each got a win. The Faroe Islands, by the way, technically Denmark, but according to FIFA, which has more countries than the United Nations, uh, they are a sovereign state. Yes, and Denmark, on their own merits, able to advance second place in Group D along with uh, Switzerland. The Irish are relegated to the uh, the playoff there, so the Euro 2020 field not completely set. Germany and Netherlands in Group C, which is pretty solid. Group B, Ukraine, shaking off the taint of Trump's visit, able to... Uh, <laughs> shout out politics. Trump's taint? <laughs> they shook off Trump's taint. <laughs> 
Wow, go ahead and put that on the pod. <laughs> we'll go ahead and edit that one out, Carl, in three, two, and one. So uh, Ukraine wins Group B, Rick, uh, over Portugal. The Serbs finishing third. And uh, shout out Lithuania for a minus 20 goal differential. By the way, last pod, when you said Finland had made it, I said I would bet that that's the first time they've ever gone to a major tournament. And I was right. That was the first time ever. This is a country that ice skates and drinks. Yeah, and they took uh, second in Group J, second behind Italy, which uh, is this time for the Italians to return to prominence. 37 goals for, four goals against, in typical Italian fashion. They go through Group J unbeaten, untouched, that, untainted. That, that group. As we talk taint. I think that group was a, a joke group. I mean, it obviously was if Finland made it. Can you tell me the other teams? Uh, Greece took third, Finland taking second. And uh, you also had uh, various countries such as, as I pad to scroll back down, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, and Liechtenstein. Ah, I've been to Vaduz, the capital of Liechtenstein, known for their... The Stein. Postage stamps, actually. By the way, shout out... Because you have to leak the Stein before you put the stamp <laughs> Very on. good, at the whole Thank you. Um, I don't know if that deserves a shout out, but it was a good effort. Shit. That's nice. Um, they are in the, uh, if you think about it, the uh, Liechtenstein more, if you think about... Mount Liechtenstein. Yeah, the the best principalities. Luxembourg is in For there. Sure. Shout out San Marino and then maybe Monaco. I thought Vatican City maybe. Is, oh, okay. Uh, that may be know. too religious. Give the Pope a little love. Uh, a shout out to Harry Kane, the first. Andorra. Yeah, Andorra. Very nice in the Pyrenees. Um, and even though Tottenham, I mean, Tottenham, England was playing the likes of uh, Kosovo and uh, Montenegro, he is the first England striker ever to score back-to-back hat-tricks in England. Wow. So yeah. three Lions, three goals. Had your stats against the, your various Montenegrins. Might, you might as well. Harry Harry Winks scored against Kosovo. They gave him the number 10 shirt in that game, and he immediately thanked Mauricio Pogatino, and then he gets fired. The yeah, day. yeah, that's the way that goes. Yeah. Maybe it was Mauricio's final bad move to give a old Winksy <laughs> number 10. Here's a story for you, Rick. Uh, Euro Millions lottery winner Colin Weir has completed his takeover of Scottish championship side... Partrick Thistle. Partick. Yeah, that's what I said, Partrick. I said Partrick. I may have. It's my old <laughs> I said Partick. No, most people say Patrick Thistle, so you, you almost got it. Partick Thistle, yeah, that is... Partick Thistle. This man's yeah. a lifelong Thistle fan, 71 years of age. <laughs> mm-hmm. He now has a majority shareholding, and he also has a shareholding in the land where Firhill Stadium is. Of course, you've been to Firhill Stadium. I have not been there. That's a shame. <laughs> but he's going to give the land back to the club and he's going to give the actual ownership of the club back to the fans. It's a pretty cool story. It's a cool story. That is, a, of course, the old firm. Those are the only two teams, the Glaswegian teams. And there it's very sectarian. If you're Protestant, you root for Rangers. If you're Catholic, you root for Celtic. I always, over the years, I never really had a team. So who roots for Thistle? If you're Jewish? <laughs> I, I don't know. You said it was sectarian. Well, this, so was, that... this is in Edinburgh, though. In the oh, old, gotcha. That's in the old firm. Okay. But if you think about the, the teams that I've liked over the years because of certain players, I liked Hibs for a while. I like Hearts, the heart of, Hearts of Midlothian, um, Hibernian, um, Daniel, um, i say Daniel Sloth. Daniel Sloss, who's a comedian, he's got a couple of Netflix specials. Uh, he's very Scottish. And when he comes in, his team is East Fife, and he always laughs because the goalie was his binman uh, or garbage man. 
And so he said that when he would collect the trash once a week, they'd run out and say, you plonker, you dropped that easy cross. I don't know. It's a, it's a small pond. In fact, the old firm, which is the term for the two Glaswegian teams, Rangers and Celtic, they asked to join the Premier League about 10 years ago. And the Premier League was like, eh, we're good. But then they took Welsh teams like Cardiff right. and Swansea, Swansea, and they're like, yeah, but they don't really matter. They're small. Why would they make that decision just to keep them, keep Scotland back where, uh, as opposed to put them in the hopper with all the relegation and promotion? Because those are two huge teams that would take a slice of the pie. It's not like the NFL where everything's divvied up. Right. It depends on how many times you're on TV. And so not everybody gets the same slice. They do get the same slice from the initial rights package. It's funny because in the championship, every year it goes to either ITV or Channel 4 or Granada TV. They never really get on, and so they never get the cash. That's why when you get relegated and promoted, our Warriors can laugh and let Draymond shoot from half court because they know they're not going to get relegated. It means so much more, as you know. Yes, uh, yes. Controversy, Rick, from Gareth Bale. I don't know if you saw this one. The uh, Welsh captain was pictured laughing with teammates while he posed with a fan-made banner that said, Wales, Golf, Madrid, in that order. This flag is set off an international incident, Rick, across Europe. What do you make of the flag itself, the reaction, and Gareth Bale playing it off as no big deal? Well, this all came from Zizou. They introduced Zinedine Zidane and the head coach, and the first thing he says is, yeah, Bale, I don't know if I'll play him. He's not that good. And he's one of the best players in the world. He's, as you would say, getting a little long in the tooth. We'll see if Mourinho brings him back to N17. But it's created a lot of bad blood. And whenever he's played him, he's been amazing. And then that makes Zidane mad because he's amazing. And then he benches him again. So I'm not surprised at a little petulance from him. The front page headline, by the way, from Spain was uh, disrespectful, misguided, ungrateful. In that order, in reference to (laughs) Bale's celebration. And uh, apparently the Madrid fan base outraged. My thing is, if you're not going to play the guy, and they don't really play Bale, he's almost an insurance policy, kind of what Yunmin San was for a long time at Tottenham. Mm -hmm. You you played him off the bench if you needed him. If you're not going to play Gareth Bale, really at all, then you got to live with what he does vis-a-vis international celebrations. Yeah, and it's, listen, in the Twitterverse, something like that is going to catch fire, obviously, and, and the outrage culture will will pick it up. And it was a sassy thing to say, but this is a marriage that has to end in January. Yeah, and January should be pretty exciting. Uh, when you talk about other transfers, anyone you think would be moved, so Bale perhaps back to the Premier League, is there a chance that Tottenham loses Erickson but picks up Bale? And yeah. how, how would that how would that fare for, for your side? Would that really help them? Well, Christian Eriksen hasn't done himself too many favors that when he has played, he's looked a little uninspired. He's not into it as much as he was, it seems. He still is for Denmark. But um, Real Madrid, apparently the rumors were they weren't interested in buying him even before the season began. So I don't think that'd be a straight-up swap. There's already been rumors, as you would imagine, with Mourinho coming in that they'll try to get Paulo Dybala once again from Juventus, which Pochettino was almost ready to uh, peel off. I'm interested to see in what he thinks of... You know, guys like, does, does he play Indebele and Winks together? Do they both hold? Does he think Lucas Morris should start? Does he think that Eric Dyer is useless like we all do? I'm just wondering what he thinks of these guys. And I think, well, probably the first month we'll see. I'm sure he'll go with Sissoko as the holding guy to begin with, with Indebele ahead of him against West Ham. He's got uh, three days to prepare for this and then the Champions League coming up next week. So um, in this next month, we'll 
kind of see who he likes and who he doesn't like. And it's interesting as it pertains to Deli Ali, who's been in and out of favor with Pochettino. And also, you talked about Christian Eriksen. How much do they play him ahead of a possible transfer? Because he can still help you win games, yes. I think. And also, when you think about Pochettino as it pertains to Danny Rose, your favorite, how much tolerance <laughs> does he have for Danny Rose and his misgivings at the back. This is, I mean, time will tell. We'll have to see. But it's uh, it's a crazy 48 hours, I'll tell you that. PSG coach uh, Thomas Tuchel has confirmed Neymar is in contention to actually start at home at Lille on Friday. What's the deal with Neymar? Is he a guy who might possibly be on the move in January? I think if that was going to happen, it would have happened this summer. He's, I think he's pretty well set in Paris. And this is the thing about Pochettino now. Apparently, he's in Munich. I mean, if you had told me just last month, as you know, I was at the Bayern Munich 7-2 to thrashing of Tottenham, that Pochettino would be the manager of Bayern Munich the next time he played each other because they got rid of Kovac, so they need a manager. Uh, but one thing that Mauricio always said was, PSG is my team. Someday I will manage them. I wonder if he's sitting out there kind of like a Joe Madden. Remember, the Cubs fired Ricky Renteria and the Angels fired Brad Osmus because Joe Madden was there. So, I mean, this is a guy who can, I mean, he's a dream hire for your youth program. Your, your team will fall in love with him. Um, it's either going to be Bayern Munich, but I wonder about PSG because that, Postertino always said, that's my team. So we'll see. And PSG is uh, at Real Madrid in the Champions League on Tuesday. Perhaps the biggest match. I also like Juve and Atleti Mm -hmm. in a Tuesday uh, showdown. You've got uh, Man City taking on Shakhtar. Tottenham, of course, is uh, in action at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against Olympiacos. Not necessarily a pushover. This is maybe my favorite match day in the Premier League. Match day five, where you you tend to get some of the bigger matchups. Yeah, and this is the thing too. Tottenham need a draw. There are some teams that uh, are are desperate, but you know this is the thing. What 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 if one of Tottenham loses three games in a row? Still looks flat. They lose to Olympiacos at home. They can't even get a draw. Then then what do you do? See, these are the risks you make when you roll the dice. You can crap out. You roll the dice. You roll the big dice too when you go to Mourinho because ultimately, if Mourinho doesn't prove to be the answer and by the way, he wasn't the answer in Manchester United. Mm-hmm. What then would be the fallback, Rick? What then? <laughs> I ask you, what then, Rick? He'll, he'll turn on you like a rabid St. Bernard, and he'll start giving the finger to the crowd. I don't know. You never know with this guy. He is the special one. At least with a St. Bernard, you know you've got that little vial of alcohol you can go to. What does uh, Mourinho offer? <laughs> that was always like a little like wood barrel, right? Too. <laughs> right. Just a little nip. Somebody, hey, uh, do me a favor and bring your dog over here so I can pour myself a shot out of that wooden barrel that's around his neck. <laughs> Said who? Well, that's like whenever there's an avalanche, you need a little rum or whiskey. I mean, that's really what you need. Forget a blanket. Or a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> Just have the dog come in. Let me at least booze it up before I freeze it off. This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.